This is Abroad in Education, a podcast where I unpack the international suitcase by focusing on EdPats and their experiences within education. I'm your host, Tiffany Lachelle. All around the world. This week, I decided to title this episode, Dear Friends of Edpats. <laughs> and it kind of comes from um, a couple of experiences that I've had recently. And, you know, since things have kind of shifted to me being back in the States. And then also it stems from some of the conversations that I'm having with Edpats as well. So in the previous episode, we talked about, you know, what are EDPATs? And EDPATs, again, are individuals who leave their native country to work in education in foreign territories around the globe. And in this episode, you're going to hear six things that I'd like (laughs) the friends of these EDPATs to know. I have conversations and also I've experienced different things that I'm just like, you know, how did we get here? Where did this misunderstanding come from? You know, how come I don't feel like we're friends anymore? And I have to be mindful to say that I'm still in this space to say I don't want to use other people's experiences to generalize. So I've decided to kind of go internal and talk about some of the things that I've experienced This is in no way supposed to be offensive to my friends because you are my friends and I love you all. (laughs) But I realize that I haven't had the opportunity to, you know, really express my wants and needs out loud. So I feel that, you know, this episode is going to be the beginning of a conversation as far as, you know, these are the wants and needs. These are the things that I'm experiencing. These are the things that you're not going to catch on social media. So I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you all today. So I want to bring in a little bit of Maya Angelou because she has a great quote that says, um, in order to get a friend, you have to be ready to be a friend. And a lot of us end up, you know, throwing this word around as if, you know, oh, I met this woman last night. She's my friend. (laughs) Or, you know, we talk about these childhood people that we grew up with, you know, and they're your friends, but you don't connect with them anymore. So even just, you know, the definition of how we define someone um, as a friend, I've been questioning that because, Oftentimes, I feel like I'm a good friend, but then sometimes I feel like, you know, it's not reciprocated. Now, I've already said, I know, I do have the little sister syndrome. I do. Sometimes I'm in that space where I'm like, oh, everything's about me. You know, I'm hurt. But I do want this to be, you know, something that's taken serious because many of us, especially EdPads, don't have the opportunity to say these things out loud. I don't know if many, and I'm sure you all have, but um, I even went to the point where I wanted to understand my five love languages, which I found were, well, at least three of the five, my top three were quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. And although many of these love languages are, um, you know, often centered around intimate relationships, much of this really connects with my friendships as well, because, you know, I'm the person that brings gifts. I'm the one that, you know, when we're when when I'm going home or something, I want to spend that quality time. Um, I love words of affirmation. So I'm always writing postcards and, you know, sending 28 postcards home (laughs) or to 
people, you know, that I love. I'm also, you know, writing cards at random times of the year, like, oh, I just want to let you know that, you know, even when I don't see you, I'm thinking of you. So I think about all of these things that make me feel good as a friend, but oftentimes I don't receive that back. So I'm not saying that, you know, these people aren't my friend. I'm just saying that, you know, in order to get a friend, you have to be ready to be one and it's both sides. So specifically with EdPads, we spend the majority of our time out in, in, you know, different spaces that make us uncomfortable. We're not in our comfort zone. We're not near, you know, our dear family and friends. Um, we're, we're in these spaces where, you know, we are learning how to navigate a space that we're not familiar with, or even if you are familiar with, you're having to learn new people, learn new cultures, you know, learn different things. And in the midst of that, one of the things that's, it's almost like that comfort food is, you know, making sure you have these sustainable friendships. And many of us don't really have the tools where we can navigate those situations. Sometimes, you know, especially after spending five months outside of the States, and then you go home, it's always this complaint about, oh, you know, people are too busy, or I went home and I reached out to people and I didn't meet up with anyone. And that's the purpose of, you know, kind of talking about this um, in this episode. I can say for myself, I still have the same five friends from Alton, Illinois that I grew up with. But I also feel like the dynamics of our friendship has changed. And I know that, you know, especially for EdPads, we have chosen to uproot ourselves and engage in these foreign spaces. But it doesn't mean that it was intentionally to sacrifice, you know, the people that we continue to love. So this is a learning experience for me as well. So in this episode, you are going to hear six different ideas that I want to focus on as far as, you know, these friends of EdPads. So for the first idea, dear friends of EdPads, it's still me. <laughs> I have traveled to over 35 countries. I have changed. That's no question. I've learned about the world. I've learned new things about myself. I've seen places that I don't even think I could have imagined until I got there. I've survived, you know, so many different experiences. I have been in uncomfortable situations. I've been in very comfortable situations. Um, so many things that, you know, my mind has encountered all of these different experiences. But I'm still me. Um I've always been different, you know, even when I was in, in school, in high school, in middle school. I mean, I've always been different. I've never been that person that, you know, is, um, you know, on the on into athletics or, you know, the the class popular person. I've always just been kind of a unicorn. Clearly, that's why I moved abroad in the first place. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, I'm still Tiff. I'm from what I say is the real A-Town, Alton, Illinois. I grew up in the projects, Julie Drive. Yes, I still answer to Tiff Love, Tiff Tiff. No matter how many degrees I get, how many countries I visit, at the end of the day, I'm still me. I can converse with the president of a university as well as a janitor. I feel comfortable in a room of people who speak 28 different languages and then also in a room where, you know, everyone's speaking English. I'm just me. 
So as far as a takeaway from I'm still me, my accomplishments, they don't define me. I define my accomplishments. Yes, I've changed. And even Lauren Hill said anything that is not growing is dead. But although my reality has changed, I really still, you know, endure the relationships that I've made with, um, especially these five friends from Alton. I don't want my experiences to, you know, change me into this person where, you know, you have to greet me in a certain way or, you know, you have to be mindful about how you speak with me. No, please tell me the truth. Where else am I going to get it from? So, yes, I'm still me, and I want you to realize that I'm still me, even with all of the accomplishments. Number two, dear friends of EdPats, if you take the time to extend an invite, why not invite me? So, this one stems into the repatriated me. Now, when I first moved back, I was home in Alton, Illinois for six months, and now I'm in Minneapolis. But in the midst of everything that I'm doing, I'm still traveling, you know, I'm still moving around, um, I'm still, you know, going to, to different countries for research and conferences and vacations and, you know, to, to sustain some of the relationships that I've met with friends who live globally. So, you know, it may... For what last Christmas, I ended up going to Bali to visit a friend that I met in Abu Dhabi. So my um, travel life has not been put to the side because I've repatriated. I'm still, you know, abroad. So I have been in the space and I'm speaking of Minneapolis, but it's not limited to it. But I've been in the space where I find that people are using my travels as an excuse. So to be specific, it could be. Okay, here it is the weekend. There's a couple of things going on. And, you know, maybe I reach out to a specific friend and it'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm getting ready to go here. Um, you should come. <laughs> and for me, it's one of those things where please don't invite me only because I've reached out to you. You know, if, if I was meant to be invited, then I would have been not an hour before you're getting ready to go and do this thing. But most of the time that, you know, I actually say my feelings out loud. Oh, I'm a little hurt that you didn't invite me. Ah, no, I'm going to I'm not going to come. You know, it's been a consistent response. Oh, I didn't know you were here. I thought you were traveling, you know, and, and oftentimes it kind of makes me feel like, well, are we friends? <laughs> I mean, since I've been here for the past two years, it has been consistent, you know, for EdPads, it seems that most of the time we are initiating things as far as wanting to spend time with these friends. So I feel like if you thought about, you know, that you wanted to extend an invitation, then, you know, why not ask me, hey, are you back in town? There's a day party going on, you know, specifically for my case, let me say, when I came back to the States, this was from, you know, leaving home, coming to another space that I'm not familiar with, and literally having to start over. I didn't know anybody here. I didn't have any family here. And I'm not going to say that it's not, you know, something that I've experienced before. When I went to Morocco, didn't know any, I didn't know anybody there. When I went to the UAE, 
I didn't know anybody there. So especially for EdPads, we are consistently trying to build these communities because, you know, it's the relationships that basically you know, we're human. We have to connect with other people. And I'll say for me, I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong, but I have been stuck in these very surface relationships. So one of the takeaways that I want you to consider from if you extend an invite, why not invite me? is I want you to consider the dynamics of EdPads. Many of us are away from our families. Many of us are repatriating from these encounters where, you know, we're emotional, we're sensitive, we're trying to build these relationships. And, you know, it would be helpful if, if you're inviting someone to anything, you know, if it's a festival, if it's a movie in the park, if it's a, you know, party, whatever it is, consider inviting an EdPad. I promise you, especially for me, I'm not going to steal your favorite childhood friend. <laughs> There's no need to be territorial. I'm not too bougie to, you know, go and do a paint and sip or go and read a book in the park. I'm a real person. So, you know, that's part of making sure that we're sustaining and building those relationships. Number three, dear friends of EdPads, I paid over $1,000 to fly home. And you can't make time to see me. So this really goes into talking about the, the dual traveling experiences of EdPads. Although we spend the majority of our time abroad, throughout the year, you know, we do make time to come home. And everyone has their own definition of home. I'm not only spe specifically thinking about, you know, going home to where your, your parents are. Many of us had, you know very dynamic lives before we went abroad. So, you know, it could be, I, I personally know people who, when they come back to the States, could easily go to six different states within a month just so they can see everyone that they haven't seen, you know, in five or six months and sometimes a year, sometimes two years. So the most likely um, EdPads do most of their traveling during winter break and summer break. And it's only because the winter break, you know, at most international schools, you'll get about a month off. And for summer break, you know, you get about three months off. So that gives people really the opportunity to do this long. And depending on where you are, you know, a flight, you could spend 20 hours on the plane trying to get home. So I'm not going to say every time, but oftentimes when I go home, and I'm speaking specifically of going home where my family is, because I'm from a small town, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my friends, my sister, brother, aunts, great aunts, they all live in the same town or at least close, a close radius to where I really don't have to travel to be, you know, to go and see everyone. So when I come home, my plan is always to be able to see everyone. Um, and even now with me being in Minnesota, when I go home, my plan, you know, it's, it, nothing has changed. It's still consistent. But please understand that when I come home to see family and friends, I also have my own plans. So it's not just catching up with friends and family. You know, there's things that I have to do that I want to do as well. So speaking specifically of EdPads, consider this. I've worked for 180 days plus, sometimes plus, I need a break. Now, I'm a teacher. You know, when we break, we break. So when I'm coming home, um, most of the time it ends up with me basically doing house calls. And when I say house calls, it's me 
traveling from house to house, you know, in these short time increments to make sure that I get to see everyone. So that is me going to my grandma's house, me going to my grandpa's house, me going to my sister's house. Now I'm staying at my mom's house, so I get to see her. Me going to all of these individual great aunts, great uncles. Um, you know, I keep a good a good relationship with my fourth grade teacher, Miss Smith. Uh, my first principal, Dr. Patton. Like I have a list of people that I would love to see. And and please believe, there's no hierarchy as far as who's important in my life. You know, it's not one of those things. But. I would really appreciate if my friends would just organize something for me to show up to. Oh, you know, oh, you know, Tiff's in town. Let's go to a winery. Oh, Tiff's in town. You know, let's meet up at such and such's house and just talk. You know, I feel like especially when it comes to the amount of energy that's given out, especially when, you know, when I think about, okay, I just flew 20 hours, I paid over $1,000 for this flight, like the least that someone can do is just say, Hey, we thought about you. Come on in, you know, here's here's a drink, sit down. How's everything going? How's life? (laughs) And of course, this is in an ideal world. So, you know, when it comes to the Edpads that are traveling, especially home, the takeaway that I want you to get from this is, you know, when, when you know, I'm home, Please don't wait until it's time for me to leave. When you send that text, I'm sad I didn't get to see you. You know, I hope I see you next time. Please don't wait for me to organize and make plans for us to do, you know, make plans. I promise I'll show up. Let's go bowling. You know, let's go skating. We can do whatever, but make plans. And I promise you, I will show up. But that would really help considering that, you know, I have to see my grandmother. My grandmother's 73 years old. I have to see my grandpa. He's 83. Like these are things that I have to do. But when it comes to sustaining my friend relationships, help me plan the barbecue. I bring the beer. (laughs) And that takes me to number four. Dear friends of Edpads, I think of you while I'm away and during my travels. Do you think of me? And, and number four basically ties into, you know, why one of the bigger reasons of why I decided to kind of focus in on this on this episode. Um, I am a person that I, I mean, and it's it's the simplest things. I am a gift giver. And I know that that's not everyone's love language. But you know, this is something that I do. Anywhere that I go, I swear to you, I am I mean, I'm making time during the time that I'm traveling and I am, you know, filling out postcards and mailing them. I mean, those of you who have gotten them, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm finding small trinkets or, you know, even when I was in Cameroon, I'm, I met a seamstress and I had her make all of these little Ankara printed um, little sacks, you know, that you can put your toilet toiletries in when you're traveling. And, you know, I'm always thinking about, oh, such and such would really like this. Or, you know, oh, you know, let me not leave here before I have something to take back, you know, for everyone. I'm speaking specifically of my friends. I know that I have chosen to uproot myself and move abroad and, you know, do all of these great things. And I know that one of the consequences with moving away is the fact that I don't get to see you all every day. I don't get to, you know, call you up over the weekend like, hey, let's go and meet. 
Um, and, and, and it is a limit of when you can see me. And even in Minneapolis, I mean, I'm nine hours, I'm a nine hour drive from home. So I'm not always going home. So for me, a way of sustaining or at least letting people know my friends know that, you know, I'm thinking of them is just to do small things. One of my good friends, she was having a situation and, you know, I'm thinking, let me just do something quick. And I wrote her a card and put a little, um, a little smell good sachet in an envelope and mailed it to her. So it makes me feel good, you know, just just trying and attempting to sustain these relationships. But I also feel like when it's not reciprocated, you know, on those days that I'm feeling heavy, you know, on those days that, you know, I'm missing being abroad or, you know, I'm kind of um, in a space where I have a lot on my plate. It would be nice to receive a small gift or a text or, you know, an email. Hey, Tiff, I'm thinking about you, you know, and this is one of those things where I'm thinking, you know, some of you, (laughs) and I always say this, (laughs) especially with me moving abroad, I have paid extra luggage fees to bring you back that big drum from Africa. I didn't even bring the small one. I brought the big drum for you. (laughs) Have you thought of me? (laughs) Send me a card. Call me. Let me know that you're thinking of me. So one of the takeaways that I want my friends to get is, you know, don't feel like you have to do something extravagant to be a friend. You know, don't feel like I'm I'm only, you know, that, that the only way to get my attention is through gifting. That's not true. I'm not that that person that needs, you know, the most expensive gift or, you know, I don't need five hours of your time every week. I really don't. I've embraced this minimalist life. I don't require much. But, um, you know, I really want, um, especially friends of EdPath, I want you to think about, you know, what are you doing to let your EdPath friend know that you do think of them? And I know there's a lot of um, relationship issues that can happen because many friends of EdPath, the only thing that you see as far as keeping up is what's on social media. And oftentimes we know that social media is a place for you to share your high reels. And most of the time you don't know, you know, you don't know that your EdPath friend just spent a whole hour, you know, crying because something is happening and you're not, you can't be there. Or, you know, you're feeling like, where is my life going? I'm experiencing all these great things and I'm not feeling that way. So, you know, think about your EdPath friend. And that takes me to number five. Dear friends of EdPaths, come and visit me. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And even though, and I kind of go back to repatriate it again because I'm in Minneapolis, as I've said, and I spend time abroad. You know, a couple of my friends did come and visit me in Morocco. I had a friend that came to visit me in the UAE. Thank you. But I feel like even since I've been in Minneapolis, do you know the only person that has come to visit me is my mom? And this woman has always been my number one support system. But I feel like, friends, come and visit me. And what happens is, and I'm not even just, you know, limiting this to Minneapolis, but what happens is, come and visit me conversations turned into these false promises of, oh, Tiffany, I'm going to come and visit you in in, uh, Minneapolis. Or it comes with the excuses, girl, I can't come, you know, it's too cold up there. (laughs) Well, there's May, there's June, there's July, and there's August. It's not that cold. And what I feel like is I have had to shift the way that I even deal with false promises because 
I can no longer allow myself to get excited by people's words. I mean, actions mean so much more. I have literally, you know, kind of gotten into depressive states when people say, oh, I'm going to come and see you. And then they don't, you know, many of the experiences that I've had has shaped and molded me to be who I am right now. So when you say that you are going to do something to sustain this relationship, I really care. I know some people think I'm made out of Teflon. I'm not, but I really care. So unless you know that you can come and that you're actually willing to come, don't give me these false promises, please, please, please. And especially for the ones that are still expatriated. So these are the folks that um, for the friends of the people who are uh, still expatriates. Go and visit your friend. I mean, if you have someone that's that's living in Bali, you know, in Japan, in China, book a ticket and go and visit your friend. I mean, this is a life changing experience that will not only impact the EdPat, but it will impact you as well. Here's a little secret, y'all. Many people that are working in international schools, I'm not saying they're rich, but they have a little bit of cushion money. Most likely they're not paying for their apartment. <laughs> their money is tax-free. So most of the time that you go and visit an pet friend, everything else is going to be paid for. You just need to get your ticket. I promise you they will be so excited about your presence that dinner is on me. Drinks are on me. I want you to meet all of my friends. Come to my school. I want you to meet my parents. And I'm speaking from experience of this because when I lived in Morocco, a friend of mine, Jeremy, came and visited me and it ended up in us doing a desert safari. He got to meet all of my coworkers. I mean, everything was pretty much taken care of. I had a parent, one of my kids' parents, it was like, oh, you know, your friend is here. Why don't you all go to the spa? Go ahead and tell them, you know, go and tell them my name. You all need to, to take care of yourselves. And him and I engaged in a, in a gommage bath. He did the men's side. I did the woman's side. And we spent a day just in self-care. Like these things happen. Um, if you have a person, if you have a friend that lives overseas you have the opportunity, you know, you don't have to do that solo travel, you don't have to worry about lodging, you know, you have the opportunity to where you can just show up and everything will be laid out for you. Take advantage of your head pet friends. So what I want you to take from number five is, you know, take advantage. It it will impact you. It will impact the head pet friend. Um, you one one story, and I know this isn't specifically about me, but one story that always comes to mind when I think about this is an Pat that I met who's living in um, Abu Dhabi. And she's from Illinois, small town in Illinois. And she told me that she had to truly convince her sister to come and visit her. And her sister was afraid, you know, I'm not going over there. I don't know what's going on. And it's like, no, you should come. So her sister came. And her sister had such an amazing time, went back and told, you know, the aunt, told another sister to the point where she has had at least 10 family members that have come abroad to visit her. And not only just coming abroad to visit, one of these family members has even started to try to organize how she can can build a life abroad. She started looking for schools or, you know, whatever it is her um, background is. She started looking for opportunities for her to create a light of life overseas. So take advantage, friends of EdPats. Take advantage of your EdPat friend. And number six, this is the last one. 
Dear friends of Ed Hats, let's define friend. <laughs> I am in this space where I am really learning that some friends that I've spent years calling friends are really not my friends. I have friends in my life that years can go by. I mean, we talk sporadically, we never see each other. But when I see this specific friend, literally, it's as if no time has passed. The jokes are there, the humor is there, you know, everything is touch, hug, you know, take in this moment because it'll probably be another five years before I see you again. But those are the friends that you really know are your friend. Even when you're not speaking to them, you feel their energy. They feel your mind. It's like you cherish those memories. But I also have some friends that I feel like oftentimes I have called them my friend, but I'm realizing that I may not be their friend. So sometimes these are the people who, you know, when I put my posts on Facebook, these are the people who will say, oh, Tiff, I miss you. We should catch up when you get in town. And I'm thinking, well, let me just call you. You know, I have time. Let me just call you. So I'll call this person and we don't talk about anything. You know, there's nothing to be talked about. And I have literally left phone conversations to say, well, did you just want people to see that you posted on the post or did you really want to talk to me and catch up? Right. I have people that I have called my friend that I haven't been invited to their weddings. I have friends that I've called my friends that they have been to my city that I live in. If we're in the same space, like I've had people that have not reached out to me to share that time. Um, and then especially when it came to to, you know, my overseas life, I'm 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 changing. I mean, it's not finished, but, you know, <laughs> my celebrity status of living overseas has come to a halt because I'm in Minneapolis. But I've had people who have completely taken advantage of me being overseas. But now that I'm back. Crickets. Hey, I thought we were friends. <laughs> And that takes me back to number five. Now, I know I said take advantage of your EdPat friends, but this is only if they are friends. So don't take too much advantage, but take advantage. Um, and then I guess, you know, people do. Some people see your potential and they acknowledge that you're doing great things and, and they want to be part of it. And that's completely fine. But that doesn't mean that, you know, they have to be labeled as your friend. Some people are, you know, the takers and they never give. They will take, take, take. They take your time. They take your energy. They take, you know, the attention of your real friends. When I can really be given this time, you know, to people who truly support me. <laughs> now, I know I do have the little sister syndrome. But, you know, when it comes to intuition, you know who your friends are. So I love my friends. And, you know, me being away, you know, you, us not being able to, you know, being each other in each other's faces. Um, I have had to learn that. I need to find a way to enjoy my own company. You know, it's not to say that my friends aren't good friends because they are, but I also have to find ways that I can even become my own friend. Back in the day, I mean, especially when I was younger, I felt like I had to be connected at the hip with someone. Um, and now I feel like, you know, I'm restricting myself because here I am in a new space and I feel like I can't do anything without having a friend with me. 
And many of these people that I'm defining as friends really aren't my friends. So now I'm in this space where, you know, when it comes to travel, when it comes to, you know, going out, when it comes to needing to have that alone time, not being afraid to be my own friend. So I realize that in the future that I will be invited into some amazing spaces that I won't be able to bring a friend to, you know, I'll travel to some amazing places um, that having a friend, you know, it would impact how I'm understanding that space. Um, I'll meet some amazing people around the world. And, you know, having a friend would prevent me from establishing a deep connection with someone else. So I appreciate friends that I know that, you know, friends have a specific meaning and, and, you know, something to contribute to our lives. But I'm also realizing that, you know, everyone isn't meant to be my friend and I need to start taking advantage of the quiet space. And Maya Angelou told us as well, no one can take the place of a friend. No one. And I truly believe that. So Edpads are different. Um, these are people who most likely had nobody to pave the way as far as the experience that they're having when they decided to uproot from everything that was normal to them and go and, you know, have this experience and an antidote that's supposed to bring happiness and money and pleasure and <laughs> all of these great things that you all see on Facebook. But for an Edpad, literally the world turns out to be our playground. I feel like when things are not well, I mean, and this is specifically with friendships, when things are not well, oftentimes we're escapers and we will run to the next country. You know, when we don't feel like we belong, we will escape and we will run to another country. This, it, 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 it kind of turns into like a coping mechanism. It reminds me again, Maya Angelou, her, this is her quote. I mean, this quote really resonates with me. When I read it for the first time, I didn't understand it. And I ended up spending hours talking to my grandmother about, you know, what does this mean? I'm, am I interpreting this wrong? But her quote is, you are only free when you realize you belong no place, every place, no place at all. And I realized as an Edpad, thinking about most of my experiences, I connect to this quote in so many ways. I can be wherever I am happy. James Baldwin said, the danger of being an expatriate is that you are very likely to find yourself living, in effect, nowhere. This means that as time goes on, the expatriate may find that he has no real or relevant concerns, and really no grasp of reality. He is living really on the hazards of the energies of other people. I've got no choice but to shuttle back and forth between the new world and the old world. So to kind of end this episode, ah, I'm saying you all, <laughs> I'm speaking on behalf of the Edpads. Friends of Edpads, check in on your Edpad friend. Thank you all for checking in, and I'll talk to you next time. A Broad Education is created by Tiffany Lachelle Smith. Lady Justice, the music that you're listening to, was written and produced by Rillionaire Dream. You can get his postcards album on SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let's keep the conversation going and search Abroad in Education on Facebook to join the private group 
the Ed Pet Lounge. Follow me on Instagram at abroad underscore in underscore ed, and you can also access the website at abroadeneducation.com.